thought that my time had come when Shane McMahon invited me, gave me the opportunity to come to the land of opportunity, SmackDown Live. Oh, and did he put on a show for me. He told me everything that I wanted to hear about how Raw had been mistreating me and misusing me, which was true, mind you, but how SmackDown Live would give me the opportunity and the respect that I deserved. Well, <laughs> that was the last meeting I ever had with Shane McMahon. When I saw Shane McMahon in the hallway and I tried, I tried to warn him about what Kevin Owens is capable of. And I think we all saw what Kevin Owens is capable of at Hell in a Cell. I tried to warn him and he said, he brushed me off. He brushed me off. He ignored me. He said, Sammy, you know, you worry about you and, uh, and I'll worry about me. And that's really when I realized that Shane McMahon never never cared about me he never really cared about me he never really wanted me to get an opportunity now let me tell you something kevin owens has been a lot of things to me over the years he's been my best friend he's been my bitter rival he's been everything in between but the one thing he's always been and will always be is my brother and so i saved my brother because it was the right thing to do. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and I am joined once again by your friend and mine. He cleans up the messes. He is Josh, the janitor custodio. I am here, and it's time to take out the trash, Justin. Boy, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Josh, do you prefer Josh the janitor custodio or the janitor Josh custodio? The janitor Josh yeah. custodio. I, I tried to put it in, in between your name, yeah. like a, in air quotes. I knew what you meant. Yeah, but it didn't feel right to me. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. So maybe can we, can we retake that a little bit? Yeah, here. Why Don't, don't edit this. Yeah. Just... Just do it the other yeah. way. And we're joined this week, as always, by your friend and mine, the janitor himself, Josh Custodio. <laughs> way better, Justin. I'm fired <laughs> up. I'm shot out of a cannon now. I'm like you when we talk about any sort of political issue, uh, racism. I'm, I'm fired up. I'm raring to go. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we don't talk about racism this week. I would prefer not to have to defend that in pro wrestling <laughs> it at is, this particular venture. It is unfortunate. juncture, I should say. Yeah, we are at a juncture. Yes. Um, but it, it, we have some reflection this week, I yeah, think. we've got to to look back on from last week's episode. No question. I know you might be saving that for when we judge the rounds. We could do that off the hop if you wanted. Yeah, I mean, I'm really just waiting for you to congratulate me. Wow, Justin, that's kind of mean, don't you think? Uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, this show takes place over the course of three 15-minute rounds. Every week, I go back, I listen to our show, and I award a, a winner between Justin and I of who 
brought the better points yeah, in we, the round. Yeah, we break down the top three stories of the week in the world of professional wrestling for no longer than 15 minutes at a time, which is, of course, the length of a... a WCW TV title match? Yes. Yes. And if there is no victor found after uh, that time limit, we just ring the buzzer and move on. Yes. Uh, but I think, I, like... I know that we usually have a spot for this. We it do. comes after round number one. Yeah. So do you want to get into who won the rounds this week, or should we just talk about like my general winning ways when it came well, to predicting things? I think, uh, listen, Justin, let's get this out of the way off the top. You deserve a lot of credit for calling the Sami Zayn heel turn I, on Sunday. I appreciate that. I did not think, I mean, it's on. we recorded a show where I said, I don't think that will happen, Justin, you total dummy. <laughs> uh, and it turns out that it did happen. And in fact, I am the total dummy. Do you agree? Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to call you a total dummy. And maybe if I had watched the the both episodes of SmackDown that preceded the pay-per-view week to week, I might not have noticed the clues to such an extent. But fortunately, uh, I'd been slacking a little bit on my SmackDown viewing habits. Right. And I watched the last two weeks of SmackDown back to back before we recorded last week's episode. That's interesting. And that so, will change your perspective. And so all of the little hints that I was picking up in terms of uh, Sami Zayn perhaps having reason to uh, have a strong dislike for Shane McMahon <laughs> yeah. uh, were more noticeable watching it in that sort of viewing pattern. Right, and I think that obviously it did mean something because you correctly guessed the Sami Zayn heel turn. You get all the credit in the world. I am impressed. I appreciate that. But that doesn't mean You know that me. You, I'm, a, I'm a glory hound. It, well, listen, that, I don't think that's necessarily true, but you may not have won last week's episode oh. of Top Marks. That's a tease for later. We'll do it in between rounds oh, one and two. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't, I'm just saying you're How up could three. I... You're up 3-0. I clearly aced the Sami Zayn round. Hey, one round winneth does not make a show victorious. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that means. Justin, can I tell you what the three rounds we're going to talk about this week are? I would love it if you did that. Well, then why don't I... Why don't, why don't I just get around to do it? Sure, why not? I'm going to do it. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, it was a pay-per-view this past Sunday. And in round number one, we're going to wrap up that pay-per-view. We're going to talk about our thoughts on it, the mm. matches we liked, maybe what we didn't like, some directions leaving. We're going to wrap it all up. How does that sound That, to that you? sounds pretty good. It seems like a pay-per-view that might be easier to wrap up than like a typical yeah. other pay-per-view because like the cell is like sort of a box-like structure. So like oh, we no. could wrap it up like a gift and put a little bow on top. It would be easier than like... TLC, you know, the, the, it would be hard to wrap up that ladder and, like, poke through the wrapping paper. Please keep listening, folks. <laughs> I beg you. We This may have been a bit of a slow start, but, but it's only going to get better. <laughs> like, a child who was bullied in high school, Yeah, it gets better. <laughs> and, Justin, if you like the sounds of round number one, boy, you're going to love round number two, because you know what we're talking about? Uh, no, I have no idea. It's a SmackDown tag division, something I think we can both talk a lot about. We had a, a not a debut, but a, a video package this week presenting a new tag team. The people on top, there's lots to say about. We're going to talk about that and break it all I down. mean, technically, even from the finish of the main event on Sunday, we possibly got a new tag team. I think that has to be wrapped into it. And then round number three, we're going to talk about, uh, there's been some exits out of the WWE this week, or some rumored exits between Jimmy Jacobs and Neville. We're going to talk about where these guys can go, why they got fired or let go or asked for the release, whatever it is. We're going to dig into all the nitty gritty. Yeah, talk about their frustrations and, yeah. 
and uh, perhaps uh, debut uh, a repackaged segment. <laughs> Just like uh, Rowan and Harper. It's not a debut. It's a repackaging <laughs> of a fan favorite segment from last week's episode. So look forward to that. I got to tell you, Justin, normally, you know, you know, I hate doing this show, but this week I'm excited to be here. I feel like there's a lot that I want to talk about, and that's a good feeling going into a show. Uh, I feel fired up this week. Lots to say. Lots to say. How are you feeling? I'm pretty good. Pretty good all around, I think. There, I mean, there's a lot to break down from this pay-per-view, so we should probably just dive right into whoa, that. Whoa, hang on. Before we break up the pay-per-view, i got to talk to you. About th- I probably should have talked to you about this off-air. Oh, yeah? Honest. I'm sorry to do this. I hate to have these off-air conversations on the I air. know. It is a little uncomfortable. But, Justin, as you know, we have a sponsor on this show, a very nice company that tries to sell lots of different things. Usually a 2005 episode, <laughs> Epiphone Thunderbird base. You're familiar with our yeah, sponsor. I, yeah. Last week, you refused... To read the ad they sent in. Yeah. I mean, it was extremely offensive. Well, uh, depending on who you are. Like, the part that I read was, like, pretty harsh off the bat. Yeah. And then what I didn't read was, like, it was very, it was over the line. Let's say... Not even Jinder Mahal would say these things to get here. (laughs) Well, Justin, I'm afraid I have some bad news for you. I have to keep a roof over my head. So, uh, we need to read the ad. What? Josh, I'm not... These people are paying good money. How good? Listen, let's let me see. Let me handle the business. How many zeros are on the end? Just let me. Are you counting the decimal point, like the cents? Of course, yeah. Two. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Jess, I'm gonna I'm gonna need you. Look, I just got laid off from one of my jobs, so I probably do need to keep this sponsorship as well. So maybe you could. Here, I'll I'll start, and then you can do sort of the part you wouldn't do last week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Are you a fucking idiot? Yes. Are you a complete and utter reject? Yes. Okay, now you go ahead here, Justin. Uh, do, this is this is very Folks, I don't wanna <laughs> I mean, folks, I love this company and therefore it causes me no pain inside whatsoever to say that I'm so sorry to Mrs. Custodio. I didn't. I did not look. I didn't think you'd say. Apologies it. to your mother. I don't. This is not. I did not write these words. But it sounds like you endorse them. I mean, I may have. For if the if we're still in the oh ad spot. God. Then yes, yeah. I fully approve everything that I just said. But ask me again in five minutes, and we'll see what I say then. <laughs> Besides ruining your career, Justin, <laughs> anything else you want to get to off the hop? No, let's just get right into round, round number one. one. Round one, fight. <laughs> well, Justin, well, it uh, you know may not be wrapped up in the literal sense. As you alluded to with that terrible joke off the top, we're going to wrap up uh, Hell in a Cell on Sunday. So let, let's start here, Justin. Overall, did you enjoy Hell in a Cell? I did, yeah. I thought it was a very enjoyable pay-per-view from start to finish. Uh, some average matches, certainly, but nothing that I would call bad, even. Yeah. Uh, I, I, You know, even your boy Dog Ziggler, I thought, like, put in, like, pretty good work on a match that surprised me and that I actually really enjoyed the finish for. So okay. we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get there. But I feel like the perfect place to start is with the opener. Okay. Why don't you talk us through the, I guess we could call it the incredible New Day versus the Usos inside Hell in a Cell. What, what did you think of this match? I don't want to go 
too far in like piling superlatives onto both of these teams because oh, we're going to do that in the next round. We have an entire 15 minutes dedicated to the SmackDown True. tag division. So uh, I just want to say I, I was really impressed with like the innovation, considering mm. like knowing that they. It's funny because you know that there's constraints on the matches that go early when there's a pay-per-view that has like one stipulation like Hell in a Cell yep. and there's multiple Cell matches on that card. They're going to save all of the coolest things you can do with the Cell for the last match. Of course. For the main event yeah. because that is where you need your purest spectacle. And so for a Cell match that never left the inside of the Cell, I thought it was incredible. It was an incredible match no matter what, really. Agreed. Um, but just spots like stacking up the kendo sticks to form like a little prison cell that the like Uso one of the Usos could not get out of. And I thought the use of uh, handcuffs was very innovative as mm -hmm. well. Honestly, you know, you and I have talked over the course of many weeks that we've been doing this show about our love of hardcore wrestling and maybe wanting to see that sort of style return to WWE. It doesn't always feel like the most feasible goal to have hardcore wrestling regularly uh, in you know Vince McMahon's federation again, but I will say that was probably the pinnacle of WWE hardcore wrestling. It was spectacular. Yeah, Justin, I don't want to add on too too much to that because, like you said, we have the next round coming up where we can dive a little deeper into it. But I will say that I 100% echo your thoughts. I thought the the innovation, the extreme wrestling that. I mean, those guys can do no wrong. I'm not saying anything everybody doesn't know. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get a little bit more into that. But uh, I, I honestly think, like, you know, you've talked quite a bit over the last little while about this being a feud of the year contender for you at this point. Yeah. Uh, with that match, if that's the blow-off and we're done, then I think absolutely it is the front-runner right now. Oh, I for can't, me, definitely. I can't even think, like, even Roman and Braun, nothing has, like, so consistently delivered in not just every single match, but every segment. Every the whole segment, way every along. promo, everything. Yeah, what what else could been, you want out of a feud? It has been absolutely masterful. And uh, I just loved how both of the cell matches on this pay per view had like real stakes. I yeah. felt extremely invested in them. Uh, they felt personal, like grudge matches, which is what you want for Hell in a Cell. And obviously, there was a lot of like personal beef between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Like things got pretty nasty between them in their War of Worlds. Pretty hot. War of Words, rather. But with the Usos and the New Day, it really just comes down to competition and two teams that want to be the best and that ultimately is what every championship feud should be about and that's what elevates about but so rarely actually feels that way of course and of course i think it's because there's no denying that these two teams are the absolute best. Yeah. And that's why it feels so important that they go head-to-head -head like this. Well, and they basically acknowledged this on Tuesday on SmackDown, right? They The whole respect angle and we are the tag division. We rise everybody up. And they were just spitting truth there. You, you touched on it there. Let's jump to the other Cell match. Uh, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, the, the match that birthed wrestling pariah. Justin Morissette. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was a great match from start to finish. Now, okay, I'm happy to hear you say this, because I got home from Blade Runner 2049. 2049, it, thanks. And I mean, the movie's so long, it's like it starts in 2039. <laughs> I loved it. I thought I, it was great. I loved it, too. I thought like, it was great. I just couldn't but, resist making <laughs> a joke there. But I got home at 2.30 in the morning uh, from a 10 o'clock showing, and then I turned on Hell in a Cell. So I skipped the women's match. 
but I was extreme. I was skipped the women's match and Jinder and Nakamura. So you're going to have to carry the load on sure. those. I'm being Josh Rosenberg over here. But tell me if this was just me hazy at 3.30 in the morning, but I was in love with this Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon I match. thought it was great. No, right from the beginning, Shane coming after him on the rampway and, and like ditching the like cartoonishness of his striking so that it felt yes. like a real fight right immediately. And even later when he did kind of work in the traditional, the you know, and yeah. the, the cartoonish Shane McMahon strikes that we have come to know over the years, he did them so fast that yeah. it still felt real. So if you just up the pace, like that's what I, I want believability. And Shane's striking often challenges that in a way that is does not usually help his matches. But, you know, I, I was talking with my roommate Mike about it as we watched it, that, like, Hell in a Cell is kind of, like, the perfect match type for Shane. In that, yeah, like, it, it can course. kind of mask his deficiencies. He gets to do all of his big spots, his coast-to-coast, jumping off the cell, which... Honestly, I thought it would cheapen the WrestleMania <laughs> moment to remake that uh, spot. It didn't exactly, at all. But it didn't at all because it's so fucking insane <laughs> that anyone would do that willingly, even once, never mind a second time. Now, I just love that now it's become something of like a finisher of his, yeah. but in reverse. Yeah. It, it ends he matches, himself. but he loses. Yep, I mean, he, like, <laughs> if he, if Sami Zayn does not pull Kevin Owens out of the way, then. Owens is like killed. He's dead. That's He's what Sami Zayn said on Tuesday, right? He 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 said that exact thing. Was, you know, I was you know he's out there trying to ruin Kevin Owens' career or worse. Yeah. is what Sami Zayn said. Um, and how it, long was this match? Do you know? It felt felt like about thirty minutes. Yeah, it was or so. a long match, right? And like the thing is, like you know, as much as I say that it's the perfect match type for Shane because, like. You get a guy like Owens who can move faster than The Undertaker yeah. and actually carry the bulk of the match, just whipping him into stuff, throwing him into the cage Brutal. constantly. It has a feeling of brutality to it. My favorite part of the match was just uh, Kevin sitting on top of the stairs, staring mm. at Shane's broken that body and yelling, look what you made me do. Yeah. Look what you made me do. Uh, um, but the thing is, like... As much as it kind of masks Shane's deficiencies, I don't know that his deficiencies are that pronounced really at the moment because it's not like his match with AJ at WrestleMania had any kind of stipulation attached to it at all. It's and that was true. my favorite match at WrestleMania. Yeah, you also had predicted that maybe AJ and Kevin Owens would both have better matches with Shane McMahon than they did with each other. Which, and I think that came to yeah, be true. that ultimately came true as well. And the whole time that Kevin Owens was on top of the cell, oh, I was, gonna touch I was having like... A panic attack. I wanted to really pay Kevin Owens a compliment here, if I can take over for 10 seconds. Absolutely, Because I it. feel like when they're on top of the cage, the guys have the semblance of mind to not be doing spots close to the edge. Kevin Owens recognized that, hey, I don't have to do a ton. Every time he just teetered on the edge or did a spot mm -hmm. close to it, he used it more effectively than I've ever seen someone use the top of the cell. In terms of, now I'm not talking about spots. Obviously, Foley and Shane McMahon come to mind for the big spot. But I mean in terms of, hey, we're doing. We're all in on this being a work. We all know that we're looking out for each other, but we are doing risky shit very close to the edge of a 20-foot drop. And I thought Kevin Owens, that psychology, that's just tremendous stuff from Kevin Owens there. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it felt like the most we've had two guys wrestle 
on top of the cell it in has a very to be. long time. I think Dean and Seth did for a while, but that was mostly Dean and J&J security, actually, if memory serves. Seth was up there, but Dean's going at them with the kendo stick. But since then, for sure, and maybe even more than that. Uh, Justin, I didn't watch this match, so maybe you can fill me in. Uh, sure. How was the world title match, Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, Jinder Mahal? You know, we talked last week about these two guys having more time available with them to work with mm-hmm. uh, than they did at SummerSlam. I thought it was a good match, actually. I, I went in kind of skeptical on the chemistry in this pairing, and of course, you know, I like Jinder as a character, but his ring work, not always quite all there. Yeah. I thought Nakamura carried the match for the most part, and cool. then it was actually really exciting and, and like, full of... You know, like the kind of signature spots that you expect from him. A lot right. of stiff kicking and, and uh, knees to the gut and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, a, a lot of people complained that Nakamura basically lost clean or about as clean as you can lose to a heel. Right. Uh, and I think that maybe does weaken him long term. I'm very surprised, obviously, that he did not pick up the belt as I predicted he would last week. And maybe that's why I lost that round. Um, I didn't say you lost the round. We'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, I thought it was a really strong match. I was, you know, not, not a classic, not a great match by any stretch, but a good match, and for Jinder, I think having good matches at this point is an accomplishment and something that I was not necessarily expecting. And Nakamura got a visual pinfall while yeah, the, I understand this. The, the Singh brothers were distracting the referee before they got thrown out, so he still comes out of it looking like he should have been the champion. Uh, and Jinder just, you know, managed to duck out of the ring to avoid a second Kinshasa, hit the Coloss at the end, and got the one, two, three. It does seem a little weird to me that Shinsuke gets to go through Orton and John Cena clean and then can't beat Jinder Mahal. Like, that, I just, like, I, I can't get there. I just feel like Jinder is getting built up as a big bad and that it's entirely possible that he holds that belt right to WrestleMania. It's too bad Sami Zayn's a heel now or else I'd want him to kick him in the head. <laughs> uh, this being a triple star, I really liked AJ Styles versus Ty Dillinger versus Baron Corbin. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of that? I mean, we talked on the show last week about how it felt like it should be a triple threat <laughs> that was given weird. the feud and then apparently Daniel Bryan agreed. It's weird to me that they made that change like during the show. Yeah, what was that? It might have been to, like, throw off the betting line that AJ would lose, possibly. Oh, okay. Because, like, then... But, like, why are they even paying attention towards the gambling lines on wrestling? Why would they care? Yeah, makes no difference to them at all. uh, Unless they were trying to make some money with their own bets. I did uh, not... Listen, Titus, I did not suggest that. I know you're listening. That's not me. Titus maybe ran that straight to Vince McMahon and was like, why isn't Ty Dillinger in this match? Thank you, Titus. Uh, And, of course, I think it's good because ultimately now... I mean, it's it's weird in that it feels like this experiment to elevate the U.S. title with Kevin Owens and AJ Styles ultimately failed. Had to, you have to call it a fail. Yeah, yeah because they their matches together weren't particularly strong, and I don't feel like the belt is like that much higher than it used to be. If anything, putting it on Baron Corbin makes it feel like it's right back where it belongs. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But like, it's good in that That's now. Well said. AJ Styles and like top talents like that are no longer linked to that belt and can do bigger things. And if this is going to continue, because I know Baron got a clean win over AJ to kind of wrap up that feud on SmackDown, I would love to see... 
Baron Corbin now feud one on one with Ty Dillinger. I think that's where it's gonna go. Right? Ty is fucking rad, yeah, and like great. he has not had a lot. Uh, go on with him since climbing up to the main roster and uh, being incorporated into this feud is probably the best thing that's happened to him so far in his career. You know what was the worst thing to get incorporated into my life? What? Dolph Ziggler. Uh, you didn't see that one either, did you? <laughs> oh, are you kidding? At 3.30 in the morning, like I might have watched not. the Dolph Ziggler no, match? It ended with uh, a, like a, a constant reversal of roll-ups okay. until eventually... Uh, Bobby Roode beat Dolph at his own game and grabbed the tights just like Dolph was. I saw that for a finish one, two, on three. SmackDown. I really enjoyed the finish because it felt like the way I love to win matches in the video game. Because, oh, Because, you yeah. know, when you're playing Hitting the 2K, you can counter the pins. Yeah. And oftentimes, I'll just, like, the little be countering wedge. pins back and forth with my opponent that is cool. for as long as, like, 45 seconds. And it feels stupid, but to ultimately win on one of those reversals is really satisfying in the I video agree. game. I agree. And that almost never happens in real life. And if they're going to continue this feud, I don't see how long this can go. Well, because next week has to be the last ultimately one. ultimately right? do think that Bobby Roode is probably Jinder's next opponent. And mm. that might be the only reason why he's still a babyface. And honestly, might be the reason why uh, Sami Zayn even turned heel is because, like, the heel side on SmackDown is not that strong at yeah. the moment. When you look at, like, how they're having to incorporate a guy like Aiden English, who I'm not saying doesn't deserve it because I've certainly enjoyed his performances, but it's a sign of, you know, the the heel faction of SmackDown being a little bit on the weak side when he has to play a strong role. I think that's definitely true. Boy, Rude and Jinder sounds terrible, by the way. Uh, Charlotte and Natalia, what did you think of this one, Justin? You got a feel. You're feel, you're carrying this round. I mean, if you saw the GIF of Charlotte did. doing the moonsault it. to the yeah. outside, then you basically saw the match. That was cool. Uh, I was disappointed with it. I loved the match at the house show that I saw back in June, like I said last week. But in that match, Charlotte was the heel and Natalia was the face. I feel like their alignment is off because like I know that Charlotte has a lot of personal sympathy with her dad being sick lately and that I can get behind but Natalia as a heel is still missing something I don't believe that she's a cruel person deep down and and it's too bad because she did really well in her Nikki Bella feud last year and that kind of edge is missing from this current title run Review Rusev and Orton for me in one word. It was standard, what you would expect from the two of them. We only have 15 seconds left in this round, though, and what I do want to say is that the pre-show match with those two tag teams, Shelton and Gable versus the Hype Bros, was great, and not just because of Gable. The Hype Bros were really good, too. Give me a letter grade for Hell in a Cell. Uh, B+. Plus. I only watched half of it, or I think I saw Rock. Actually, I'll just go B, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean... <sighs> I would say let's continue to round number We're two. We're not continuing to round number but two, But I know Justin. what I know what has to happen now. I'm so sorry that it's come to this. Look, I announced last week that if we're going to continue to grade the scores from week to week, that there needs to be a cap on this thing, and it's a best of seven series. Well, up, I, I never agreed I'm to this best three of seven nothing. series. I cannot just keep routing you I, week to week. I never agreed to I this don't best wanna, of seven. Like, I don't want to get up like 16 nothing. I'll well, just feel bad for you. You probably won't. Maybe you won't even get up for nothing. I just, I'm assuming, I mean, you kind of teased that maybe I lost last week. We'll see. Well, but it feels I, that way. I think that maybe this is it. That maybe uh, you're done this week and we get to move on. And well, and Drummer Slam can return next week. Well, that's... Because the fans have been demanding it. That people do want Drummer Slam back. I, I love you guys. Who are looking for drum- I will record a bunch of Drummer Slam next week at practice and we'll get some back on the show. Justin, last week our three rounds, uh, we previewed Hell in a Cell. Uh, listen, I thought I actually did make the better points, but your Zane call... 
I couldn't I couldn't give me the round. So I gave you the Hell in a Cell preview round, despite me having more accurate predictions. Okay. In round number two, gosh, this one was not competitive. The the shield reunion round, I mean, I put that some bitch on my back and I carried it up a mountain. That one was all me, putting us at one one. Justin, in round number three, though, we talked about my guy, Sami Zayn. Yeah. And I predicted what I well, predicted. Well, that's, that's debatable. That's pretty debatable. You already gave me credit for it earlier in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. And, of course, the listeners at home know that I predicted it completely accurately exactly what happened. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> so, Justin, I did award you the Sami Zayn round. So, I won. Well, hang on. But there's, there's a catch. It's a dusty finish. Okay. I'm challenging you, Justin. Yeah. I am challenging. Sure. You, anyone can go up for nothing. That's not that hard to do. Okay. okay. Anyone, really. I mean, I, I could have done it. I just really, I haven't been trying on this show. <laughs> I, God knows I show up here haphazard, barely awake. I, I haven't been putting in my best entry. So let's, let's scratch this best of seven. Justin, I challenge you to a winner takes all next Final week. Round. Whoever does better on this show, the one we are currently recording. Okay. Well, I mean, you openly admitted that you didn't even watch half of the pay-per-view that yep. we just reviewed, so I feel like I already have that round. I'm just saying. Do you accept this challenge? Uh, you know what? In the spirit of competition, We're I shaking do. hands, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. I do. It was a very reluctant Mega Powers handshake, but yeah. we got there eventually. So technically, you are up for nothing, or whatever that means to people. <laughs> I mean, who's going to keep it count, frankly? <laughs> I mean, not... I mean, some... Some I people, am. Yeah. I am. I mean, I also am. Both of us. Everybody listening to the show probably, too. Yeah. But, you know, beyond that, let's move on to, to round, round number two. Round two. Fight. <laughs> Justin, we're hashtag the good friends, wouldn't you say? Uh, you will often say that. Yeah, we're, we're good friends. That it's pretty established. like how you open up every round lately is just to be like, it's you only, and I are close friends. No, it's only one round to show. I guess so. I just want to, I feel, you know, I'm a codependent guy, so I want to make sure. It's sort of my taking the pulse of our friendship, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. No, no. Because yeah, one day maybe you'll be like, oh, we're okay, friends. I mean, you know what's weird is what's that? that I feel like we've drifted apart since I moved into this apartment. It's it's and that's really just that I'm not at your apartment like four <laughs> nights a week anymore. Maybe just one night a week. Or yeah. in the case of this week, because of Thanksgiving, yeah. no nights. And it felt weird. It did feel weird. Not to hang out at the, at the beard house. But but listen, you can't, you can't, a Thanksgiving weekend, we can't hold that against our friendship. So I'm here telling you, we are still hashtag good friends. Okay. Good to know. You know who else are good friends? Probably most people in tag teams. A lot of people in the SmackDown tag team division, which I think, Justin, my gosh, at the other side of that draft, if you would have told me that SmackDown was going to have the preeminent tag division, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't have believed it. They have created such depth out of this. Just let me read the, who I'm talking about in these active tag teams sure. right now. Okay, so the New Day. Not the champs, but fresh off, uh, you know, a banger of a feud against the Usos. Probably having their best year as a faction right now. In-ring and feud-wise, for sure. I think they were maybe more over uh, at the tail end of their heel run. but Yeah, uh, or even, like, probably the start of the heel run. Which, yeah. Uh, no, that'd be the tail end, like, when they won the titles at SummerSlam. That's what I mean, yeah. Like, 2015-ish. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about about uh 
the Brizongo, who, I mean, what could be a bigger success than the Fashion Files? They're getting huge reactions at live shows when they do appear. It just pisses me off that, like, it's constantly advertised that Fashion Files yeah, will be that? on a show, and then they just bump it without even saying anything. Yeah, that is super weird. Yeah. Where uh, was Pulp Fashion this week? I, I was promised a Pulp Fiction spoof. Goddamn We got fashion. nothing. I'm with you, Justin. I'm pissed off. Tying on to Brizango's popularity in a weird way has been the Ascension lately. Uh, the What's the bigger one's name? Victor? Victor. Or Connor? A, maybe? No, Connor's the... I, I call them Jonathan and Big Dave. I don't know which one is which, honestly. The bigger one hit a cactus clothesline last night, which you know popped your boy. Of course. Watching SmackDown. I'm into but the there's ex- just a lot of good feelings attached to them as a team lately, probably coming out entirely on the heels of their involvement in Fashion Files. 100%. Now you get to the hype bros, who are, they're just not my team. But they are. what's going on with them is semi-interesting, that they just can't... If the revival are on one side, Fluidity acting as a tag team in kayfabe, mm-hmm. hype bros are the exact opposite they just can't get on the same page in ring and i think that is a little bit interesting yeah and then finally justin and this is where i want to start the round last night we got a, a vignette introducing the bludgeon brothers a repackaged uh eric rowan and luke harper what wh- how did you feel about this little segment uh i told you before we started recording it just kind of feels like them like leaning in on like rowan in particular like looking like a lord of the rings character yeah it's totally. like if that's the the look that these guys have already then let's just like give them fantasy weapons and make them feel like tr- like you know, orc killers yeah, or just whatever. Steer right into it. Troll hunters. Yeah, like that's kind of what the gimmick seems yeah, like. They're like evil Nordic occultist warriors. It's only like mildly tweaked from what they were before. Yeah, but like in a good way. Like you know, I I really liked them when they were the Reapers. I Me thought too. that team was super rad. The two of them together are just like super compelling. And SmackDown has missed Luke Harper. He oh, is a great ring worker. He's like, good at everything. He honestly should have got a big singles push coming out of that Wyatt feud. I thought he was going to. And it seemed like he was poised to, and then yeah. he just vanished from TV yeah, that was as like a way to make you forget that Randy Orton was tied up in the Wyatt family for a while or something. I don't even know. And God, if I were them, I would also be trying to distance myself from Bray Wyatt right now. Can wow. we just talk about that, Sister Abigail? I know it's not in the round, but yeah. that fucking sucks. Hey, I like the concept of it, sure. but the execution has been terrible, and that is so common with Bray Wyatt in general, oh. and that like I, I see the idea of what is supposed to be happening, and I like the idea 100% of it, agree. but they cannot nail like anything close to the production value required to pull it off. Not even close. And it was awful. Was so bad. Justin, did you get that the Bludgeon Brothers were 2B in Brizongo's feud? Or in Brizongo's mystery, I should say? Mm. That weeks ago... They somebody had written to be or signed a note to be Bludgeon Brothers. This got pointed out to me on Twitter today. Yeah. Somehow that went way over my head. It seems very obvious now. But if that turns to be the case, what a what a tremendous piece of storytelling that is. I mean, th- it seemed like they were always going to be the team at the end of that mystery. Yeah, anyways. I think we predicted that. Yeah, uh, and it just felt like they didn't really know how to get there, and maybe they still don't know. But, right. Because it seems like they've moved on, but sort of not at the same time. Right. I don't know. Is There's weird things happening with Fashion Files as it, like constantly gets teased and then doesn't happen. Yeah, I wonder what I wonder how much of that has to do with the firing of Jimmy Jacobs, which we'll talk about next round. But it, yeah. it is interesting that uh, it seems like it's something so hot. But 
I'm going to be at SmackDown Live next week in I'm Seattle, jealous. and all I want is a Fashion Files so, yeah. uh, or the debut of I'm the I'm sure Bludgeon you'll Brothers. probably get it. I th- you got to think so. You'll probably get both, honestly. Dude, that would be – I'd be very, That'd very be happy. quite the birthday gift for Mr. Josh C. You're not kidding. Justin, but I do want to – I didn't mention their name because I think they need to be the focus of this round, and that's the Usos, this second career Usos, this heel turn Usos that represent those orange shirt-wearing, flying, when I say ooh, you say oh, God. Zero. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. We were talking about Kalisto the other day. We were. And uh, and what a star he seemed poised to be at the end of that TLC match several years ago when he did the Salida del Sol off the top of the ladder. That spot remains just. One of the greatest spots of the decade. Much better than Shane jumping off the cage, I will say. That might be pushing it. No, and I'll tell you why. Because with Shane, he doesn't have to cooperate with anybody. He gets to stand at the edge. He's like, okay, now I am jumping. It's why it's not as impressive as Foley getting thrown off of it either. True, true. Whereas the Salida del Sol, he's working with Jey Uso going over the ladder. I mean, come on. But it is so rare also to be able to remember not just like spots from tag title matches, but like actual competitors in them as well. Because you go back pre-brand split to what the tag division used to be, great tag teams. Honestly, wonderful tag teams like Cesaro and Kid were fucking awesome, awesome. they were so good uh, but like constantly relegated to the pre-show yep. constantly and also just like no care given to any feuds it just was like well who are our top four teams at any given moment let's throw Get them, them in into there. a big four team match 100% no care given to the entire division and you would think in splitting it in half across two shows that that would weaken it even further but the opposite has happened on smackdown anyways and that like these guys are genuine stars like, oh yeah massively oh, yeah. massively over and uh yeah like how can you have nothing but respect or anything but respect for the Usos at this point in their career? Because they're killing it on promos, which oh. you never would think you would I say I got to get you to hit that. pause right there. How do you feel about this statement? The Usos are the best tag team on the mic of all time. Ooh. So, uh, I don't know about that one. That, okay. That, this like, was, somebody asked me this today. Yeah. And I thought it's way too early to say that. I don't even know that they're ahead of the New Day at this point. I put them ahead of New Day right now. I don't know about in totality. Yeah, in the totality of their run, it's hard to say because, like, I really enjoy this new style that the Usos have found on the mic. But I've I've brought it up many times. It seems like they do the same promo a lot week to week. It's been different lately. I get what you're saying, though. But, like, Like the trading off. Yeah, they're repeating a lot of the same things quite often. I think that's a good I still really enjoy it, though. And, And, like, like their ring work and this new like viciousness that they're tapping into it's hard to place where they are on an on the alignment scale right now because yeah. like they're supposed to be the heel champions they were supposed to be the heel team against new day but like the the crowd clearly has so much respect for them right mm-hmm. now coming off of that insane match that they had on Sunday that they got a lot of cheers. The promo Tuesday last night, night was not heel at all. No, it was not heel hey, at New all. Hey, Day, we respect yeah, you. Yeah, we respect <laughs> the hell out of you and us two teams are the best that have ever been. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not. it's somewhat conceited, I guess, but not wrong and also not yeah. heel. No, certainly not heel. Uh, you, you talked about them there. I, I think the New Day are in. This is the most I've ever been in the new, into the New Day, for sure. Uh, it's not even close. I like everything they have going. It's always been the Big E show for me. Like I, I think like a lot of people think Big E's the yeah. breakout star. I've outside. always been waiting for them to break up so that Big E can be a world champion. But now I feel like 
they could go another year, and I'm I'm still very into it. At least, man. Kofi is also just the most versatile dude, man. Like, there's nothing Kofi can't do. Those trust falls he was doing on side, it's all so good. And like the drama of making him watch. Oh yeah. As his partners just get assaulted. Just. I like there was so much emotion in that match that is like so often missing from wrestling in general. Like. You know, it's not often that a match has spots that are designed to make you feel things. Right. Uh, and I felt like the the tag title match on Sunday delivered that in spades, man. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, both teams deserve a ton of credit. But I do want to say this about the New Day. I think part of what made them so good this year is that, like, we got to miss them. They went away. I don't know oh, if that yeah. was because, like, one of them had a kid at the time or Kofi was, remember. like, Who cares? recuperating from an injury. Yeah. But when they got drafted to SmackDown, they disappeared for, like, a month months. and a half, I think two, months two months or so. Yeah. And, like, you got to miss them because they weren't there. Yeah. And then when they came back, like, it was something fresh. And that really sparked the feud with the Usos that we've been riding this whole way along now. Well, and I think a lot of that freshness was the reeling back of the New Day. I, I was not a fan of when the New Day were just the big joke segment on the show. And some of them were really good. But they were also more hit or miss than people want to admit. The, yeah. You think of the time, time machine. machine, the old day. Even when, like, just running with the ice cream New Day pops being a big thing none of that's been the case on smackdown they don't come across as just merchandise sales people they they, they are not um you know gimmicky no they're still way. light-hearted yeah. but they're competitors and again the usos did a lot to establish them as that we have not talked at all about the team that will be the next challengers for the uso title belt who are you talking about and that would be my boy chad gable and his new partner shelton Sh benjamin shelty benj i honestly thought that Shelton Benjamin was like, if I had to rank the four competitors in the pre-show match yep. from Hell in a Cell, he was probably fourth. Because wow. I thought uh, both Zach and Mojo Rawley did bring a lot to that match. When I went in expecting to really be favoring the Shelton Benjamin, yeah. Chad Gable team, uh, both teams worked a hell of a match. And it's good to see that Gable and Benjamin are going to be rewarded for that showing. I don't know that, you know, they're probably not going to be the team to take the titles from them. But they are going to have a great match with the Usos, and I'm really looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, Gable and Benjamin feel weird to me, but they do do stuff in-ring that is undeniably excellent. When uh, last night's match, the when Gable basically passed, I can't remember who it was. Was it uh, Zack Ryder? I can't remember who took Tyler the hand. Tyler Breeze, maybe? It was Breeze, you're right. And passes Breeze to Benjamin, then goes to the top and hits the old Alpha Flex. Yeah. It's awesome. That's such yeah. a cool spot. And they finish with that quite a bit. That's how they finished the match on Sunday. Exactly too. right. So I, I'm I'm tentatively into them, but I think it really sends home to the point exactly how deep that this division is. What do you think of this? I think that the Bludgeon Brothers are gonna debut and their first feud is going to be a babyface ascension who are acting on behalf of Breezango. What to do you defend them? That's what I think. Yeah, no, I think I'm super into that. Yeah, I think because so too. like yeah, I think people really do want to like The Ascension right now. They've shown uh, this oh yeah. really charming side of themselves through these comedy segments with Breezango. And beyond that, like the the segments that they've had uh, in uh, Southpaw Regional Wrestling as well. <laughs> Not that everyone has seen that, <laughs> but like Surfer super dudes yeah, of attitude. Super funny there, too. Like, if you haven't seen Southpaw. Just, do go, it. just go watch it. It's on it YouTube. It doesn't take very long. It's what, 30 minutes this yeah. second season? Yeah, like it's like a handful of episodes. Some of them are no more than four minutes. Just, just go watch it. It's yeah. very funny. And Surfer like, Dudes with Attitudes. The Ascension are super funny on that too. Like they are clearly, 
in much the same way that Nia Jax is like miscast as a world beater, I feel like it like the Ascension got over in NXT as these big toughs. Yeah. That like the the strongest dudes you've Bruisers, ever seen. Yeah. With this kind of like throwback gimmick as well. But like clearly their personalities are completely different from that. Which oh, yeah. I mean, why would anyone be like that in real life anyways? <laughs> but like Can you imagine? But like they are We know just, a guy who's like that in they real are life. They're so funny. Dressed like, as like a wizard and sings karaoke. I guess that's true, yeah. <laughs> that is true. But like, yeah, they're so funny that like I want to like them and I nothing would surprise me more and kind of like uh, be more emblematic of like SmackDown as the land of opportunity than for the Ascension all to people. get a baby face run with yeah. the crowd behind them. Now we only have less than a minute here, Josh, but we basically saw the formation of a new top heel tag team. Yeah, at the yeah. End of that pay per view as well. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Do you think that they remain joined, but as singles, or that we see these two guys take a run at the tag belts at some point? I think their first match is going to be tag, but I do still think you're looking at two heel singles competitors long term. I think they need to establish them as they do work together. They'll win the match. They work together well. But I d the tag team division, as we've gone over this round, is stacked enough that I don't think you need the yeah. prestige of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. What do you think? Now, if if the New Day had held on to the titles, I do see that being their next program. Right, yeah. But with the Usos kind of having a strange alignment, I don't know. I would love to see it because I think it's going all in on the strength of your show. And for SmackDown, that's the tag division. Why not put your top stars into that as well? I can't disagree with that. And I really think that that tag division deserves to main event a pay-per-view coming up. In <laughs> I haven't buzzed myself. I'm keeping yeah, me honest. I know. Justin, are you... Uh I mean, you know what time it is. It's time for the People's Segment. It is the People's Segment. <laughs> it is Sunday Night Tweet. It is Sunday Night Tweet. Do you want me to explain what this is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah. To the uninitiated, every Please single do. week, Josh Custodio scours the internet for the top five best or most questionable tweets sent out by members of the active WWE roster. And they could be from anyone. They There's could. as many as uh, like 120 people at any given time who could be writing these tweets. I have no sort of clues whatsoever. I just have to go off of the tweets themselves <laughs> and try and guess who wrote them. I, I should try to remember that I should explain the rules more. Because when you do it, I feel bad for you. I'm like, this is a dumb game and it's impossible but for I Justin. I usually do pretty all right. You always I got four out of five last week. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, right. Get a load of this guy. Get a load of this guy. Get a load of this guy. Look at this guy. I'm guessing tweets. Look at this guy. Is this guy ready for tweet number one? He sure is. Justin, the tweeter in question tweets out a photograph of the Miz holding a uh, like a Toys R Us small Universal title, one okay. of the toy ones. Okay. And the tweeter in question says, "Happy birthday, Mike the Miz! I gave the Miz his first Universal title." Oh, that is, uh, it could be a lot of people, it's honestly. A nice, it's a gift. Yeah. It's a funny tweet. It's a good joke. So maybe somebody nice giving yeah. gifts? Or is that a mean gift? Yeah. Or are they trying to clown on Miz that's... by saying that that's as close to the title as he'll ever get? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I. You know what? I'm going to guess this is a very unconventional choice. But I, and it probably is not who actually did this. Go because ahead. it probably is like a rival of his clowning on him. Uh, but given that they had a long-running uh, sort of gag about giving gifts to each other that were constantly destroyed during the Dean Ambrose feud, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna say that uh, his his charming wife Marie's 
sent that tweet. <laughs> Justin, I like your line of thinking. But I'm way wrong. It is not Maurice. Your problem was you went with someone who was like most girls. That's the problem. Maurice ah. is like most girls. Yeah. And so I should have gone with the choice who's not like most girls. Who is? Nia Jax. Nia Jax bought the Miz. Oh, first. wait. Can I see that photo? Yeah, sure. It's not even a Photoshop. It literally is No, he, him. she bought him. That's hilarious. Is and the... he seems so thrilled with it, too. That is so fucking funny. <laughs> He's just tickled. <laughs> Justin, uh, the second tweet here, I, it could be spelling She said error. it's a joint gift from Alexa Bliss. Yeah, so yeah. You should have told me that. It would have been easier. Well, I'm not here to make you the game easy for you, details, Justin. details, bud. I'm not here to give you the make it easy. I guess. This isn't called easy night tweet. That's Saturday at Beardown 5. Okay. <laughs> uh, Justin, this one, I, I don't know about it's spelling, but it's this is just, I just have to read this one verbatim, okay? Shoot. Yep, go for it. Mad Bran Fey, Game of Thrones. Mad Bran Fey, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Hmm. Well, somebody has some issues with Bran. Yeah. On Game of Thrones. I don't watch that loser show, so Me I don't know. Me neither. Dunk your head in the toilet if you do. Show is for nerds. <laughs> Fucking Here we are. Nerds. Doing a wrestling podcast <laughs> that we dare shit on other people's Uh Just given the fact that it's weird spelling and that it's tweet number two. Yeah. I'm going to say that is the Scottish Supernova Noam Dar. It is the Scottish Supernova Noam Dar. His words ring through the ages, Justin. <laughs> yeah, that's always the gimme for me. What is? Uh, just, his words ring yeah, through the yeah, ages? It is just his weird uh, dialect of being a strange Scotsman. It's not that they're timeless and you can tell that they ring through the ages. Uh, I mean, there's that element to it, too. There's also that, Justin. Yeah. Let's get over on to It's tweet. true. It's damn true. It's true. It's damn true, Justin. Let's get to tweet number three here would love to justin this tweet just says believe in the shield now hang on i am going to make it easy for you here a member of the shield is the one who tweeted this it's notable because neither of the other two mentioned the shield at all on their social media presence all this right week. i'm i'm gonna guess that this is the man who broke up the shield seth rollins it is seth rollins tweeting that he Believes in the shield. And the only reason that I know that he wrote that is because I saw a quote tweeted by someone else saying, I want to, but you <laughs> did this thing before. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. That person's right. Yeah. Justin, you ready for tweet number four? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm uh, going two for three so far. Justin, this one, I mean, I got to tell you, I'm a little mad about it, if I'm being honest. Sure. Because... Uh, I talk often about how I think this is not only the best wrestling podcast, but just the best podcast that exists. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, let's just say an active member of the WWE roster might be becoming some competition because the tweeter in question tweets, thinking about starting a podcast. Thinking. And then the emoji with, like, the thinking face, you know, with, like, the yeah, finger yeah. And thumb on the chin. Yeah, yeah, stroking the chin emoji. Yeah. Thinking about starting a podcast. Hmm. Who would be good at that? Oh. And someone that you would want to listen to? Um, I would probably listen to the first episode and sort of see how it was. I wouldn't say this is somebody that I associate with like being great on the mic or anything. But good. But good. Yeah. Not dog shit tier. Certainly not dog shit tier. Entertaining. Okay. Reliably entertaining. Okay. Hmm. Fuck. This is difficult. This could be literally anyone. Do you, maybe this one is hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a couple more hints here. Okay, this is okay. this is somebody who's mostly a comedy character. Um, again, very entertaining, very boisterous, but maybe not somebody who you'd think is 
great for you know traditional promos or talking. Oh. He's a bit of a triple threat, maybe. He can do some other things. I've seen him uh, dance before. <laughs> okay. Would he call his podcast, What's Up With Our Truth? <laughs> wow, Justin, it <laughs> is our truth. <laughs> Very good, Justin, thinking about Of course, about the wrestler, dancer, rapper himself. If he's thinking about starting a, a podcast. triple threat. Would you listen? Uh, yeah. You know what? I, th- I bet... It seems like every time he like pops up on the periphery on Total Divas, not that I've watched Total Divas in quite no, a while. No, just I, I ever would. Just like, you know, like occasionally they'll like run into somebody backstage. Yeah, and yeah. quite often it will be our truth. That makes and sense. And the ladies love him, dude. So, I bet. like he, I bet he's a pretty good talker in his day to day life. A smooth, criminal. and he would, could probably get some big guests on because, of course, he works with them all yeah. the time. Justin, be honest. If R-Truth approached you and said, hey, I want to be the co-host of Top Marks, get rid of the janitor himself, would you fire me to do this show with R-Truth? I wouldn't necessarily fire you because I would still like it if you cleaned up the studio afterwards. Right, right, right. Yeah, because, like, our truth is pretty messy. Yeah, it's pretty fucking rude, Justin. He's, like, you know, <laughs> eating candy bars and leaving crumpled up rappers everywhere. Yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, that's the rap game for him is, like, all the rappers that he leaves oh my from God. all his candy oh my bars God. everywhere. <laughs> so I'd still need a janitor to come in yeah. and make sure the studio is, like, spick and span afterwards. Hey, our truth step into my territory. I'll show you what's up. Yeah. Let's go to tweet number five, Justin. I'll make you drink the mop water. <laughs> <laughs> no, I drink it, then spit it in his of face. Of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, Justin, I've done something I'm pretty proud of here. This yeah. is uh, this sort of, this next tweet you have to guess has to do with the tweet you just guessed. What? Yes. So uh-huh. R-Truth tweets that he wants, he's, to, he's thinking about starting a podcast. And a fan says, hey, you should have this person the tweeter in question on as your first guest. Yeah. The tweeter in question does one of those quote tweets that the kids love. Oh, the kids love them. Oh, I, kids can't get enough quote tweets. And the tweeter in question says, guest, with a bunch of exclamation marks and question marks, like, guest? I'm a produce the damn thing. I'm a produce the damn yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm a. I, I am a. I am So the a. tweeter in question saying, Listen, I, I'm not a guest. I'm, I'm bigger than that. I'm going to produce the whole damn thing, our truth Okay. Okay. And this is somebody who sounds like they might also be in the rap game, just from, like, being I, a I producer. So. I, don't, I don't think just so. Just throwing around Ima. Who else is in the rap? Sasha Banks, Enzo Amore, yeah. our truth <laughs> Yeah. I don't it's know. none nobody, of them. Nobody else. It's none of them. Uh, hmm. There's no actual rappers, just wrestlers. Hmm. You know what? Because he's in the showbiz industry, yeah, and he used to be his former tag team partner. Oh, I'm going to guess <laughs> that it's Goldust. That's actually a really good guess. The podcast that isn't the answer, but that's that's a really good guess. I mean, it shouldn't be the answer because they technically should hate each other. Yeah, yeah. Favorite at this point, Justin, it is not Goldust. What? It is the big dog Roman <laughs> Reigns. <laughs> it's his yard, yeah. and he's going to produce our <laughs> truth. Tell me you would not listen to a podcast produced by Roman oh, Reigns. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> yeah, if you told me, hey, 
Our Truth has a podcast. I'm not that interested. But if you tell me Roman Reigns is producing <laughs> it every single week, I am there just for their interplay. It doesn't even matter who guests on the thing. But until that happens, they're stuck with us. And yeah. with that, let's get on over <laughs> to round number three. Round three. Fight. Justin, do you know that famous song I wrote? Na 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 na. Hey hey, goodbye. You wrote that? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Yeah, that's why. I, I mean, I wonder. In... Yeah, you have such a nice house that's <laughs> filled with like fancy things. Yeah, I got it. Doesn't it. seem like you ever work at all. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I do have a PS4 and a SNES Classic, yeah, so I'm pretty ballin'. You're like constantly asking me if we can record at like <laughs> 12 in the afternoon. I'm like, Josh, some of us have to work yeah, over here. That is what I do. Yeah, that's what I do. Justin, I wrote that song uh, knowing that Neville and Jimmy Jacobs were going to be leaving WWE, and I wrote it about them 50 years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, how? What is your feeling of? Let's start with Neville because I think that I is no the idea. More... You were such an elderly gentleman. <laughs> Why do you think I have such gray hair? Fine. I, I guess. <laughs> Read a book. Yeah, and I, I guess too. Like when you're that rich, like you have access to all kinds of like anti wrinkle cream. Oh and yeah, stuff I'm covered that, in like, that shit. Us regular commoners cannot afford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, and also plastic surgery, of and course, metal surgery, of all course. kinds of surgeries that keep you me look younger in. than I do. For a man who's probably in his early seventies, no, 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 no. Justin, what, let's let's not get into the nitty gritty quite yet. Just tell me when I say Neville's leaving Double WWE. Now it is a rumor at this point, but let's treat it as if it's true because that's what wrestling is. Let's face reality. How do you feel when I say Neville's leaving WWE? Very disappointed because you- I ultimately do think. He is one of, if not the most talented performers in the entire company. We talked about this when we did an entire round on Neville two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago, I think we both sort of acknowledged that when it comes to an all-around skill set, there's a real case that he's top three in the company. Yeah, neither of us really wanted to put him in the top spot. Yeah, but I still wouldn't. Yeah, it's just like hard to argue against also. He he is good at everything. Yes. He has no weaknesses in the realm of pro wrestling, and that is rare. Even Sami Zayn, who I love, I'm curious to see what, what his uh, run as a heel can be like. You know, everybody's got their weakness. Neville does not seem to have one. So I think for me, I think, you know, what if? It just seems like this guy's hitting his stride. He's been better lately than he's ever mm. been as far as I'm concerned. I feel like it's a giant what if if Neville leaves the WWE. Now, I also like fully understand why he would walk out on Monday. Yeah, so what let's for those who may have not heard, the rumor is that the the Monday Night Raw main event that we got this week that ultimately ended with a cruiserweight title change and Kalisto taking the title off of Enzo Amore was supposed to be the contractual obligated title rematch between Neville and Enzo. And that was going to end with Enzo beating Neville again and, like, wrapping up that program so that he could advance to this pay-per-view match with Kalisto. Right. And, look, like, we acknowledged the fact that, you know, Enzo beating Neville in the first place was, like, not all that great, but also he did it through... Like cheating means. I think it was the right decision, and it was also something where Neville lost because of his own ego, and that he decided that he did not need to hit the red arrow on Enzo. Yeah, he and could. ultimately cost himself the match by not going all in in the way that he maybe should have. That's right. Leaving the story that if he were to hit the red arrow on uh, Enzo, that Enzo would likely be finished. By now it, it doesn't. 
Nowhere have we seen any sort of confirmation that if Enzo were to have won the, the originally scheduled match on on Monday, rather, that that would have been a clean finish. But also, right. if it's going to wrap up their feud, you'd think it would be rather clean. And if you are Neville, who has just spent nine months like carrying this division on your back and putting in one of the most complete performances in the entire company... Yep. That's a great it, word for it, it. Complete. It is awfully diminishing to lose back-to-back matches to Enzo Amore. And personally, I might take it as an insult to be asked to do that as well. Uh, So, like, you know, I know we look back on, like, Austin walking out when asked to job to Brock, and and that's supposed to be this terrible thing that he did, uh, and, like, the biggest mistake of his career. He's even called that. Yeah, he says that, yeah. But... Also, I don't think he was wrong in his reasoning at the time either because that should have been a pay-per-view match, not something you give away in a King of the Ring qualifier on Monday Night Raw. So, yeah, I think we'll be able to speak to this, obviously, with more clarity as more information comes out. But let's let's treat for the rest of the round that that is the case. He's walking out because he feels disrespected that he's carried this division on his back and now he's jobbing to Enzo Amore. And, like, that is a fair way to feel because you and I both looked at the, the segment where he attacked Enzo despite the no-contact contract as, like, his graduation out of the division. And maybe he would get to compete uh, for the Intercontinental title on Raw. Or maybe he would go to SmackDown and be a single star there. Either way, that's kind of what we were expecting was a graduation out of this cruiserweight division as a result of this breaking this ordinance or whatever. And and that would be his send-off. And it turned out that that was not the case. <laughs> not and at all the case. if you are not only not going to be graduated out of the division, but will actually be pushed down lower within it, because you're not going to be the title program and, and be within the reaching, you know, spitting distance of that belt for quite a long yeah. time, it, it is kind of an insult, because he should be beyond that. And honestly... We want to compare him to Austin. Maybe Stone Cold is the wrong one. Because Let's, just to be clear, Stone Cold Steve Austin, not Austin Aries, who yeah. also did this. Yeah. yeah, because that's where I was going right now. Okay. The better Austin to compare him to is Austin Aries. Who, well, good thing I took that out yeah, of your sales right who, before you're about to say who it. Who similarly felt the exact same way that he was being pigeonholed in this division that like was not all that. Uh, and that he didn't feel like he had the opportunity to rise beyond it. Dude, I still maintain Austin Aries' upside is just colossal. Enormous. Like, I even maybe greater than Neville's. I don't think he's as good as a total package as Neville. A better talker. Better talker, more charisma. I, I just think the world of Great Austin Aries. Great heel run that he never really got to have <sighs> on, the, on the top. Uh, That's another just giant door. what if. So let's assume he is leaving, Justin. What, what do you want to see Neville do? What piques your interest more than anything else? I don't know. I remember when I first started to get back into wrestling, uh, you know, between 2012 and 2014, I kind of was, like, casually getting back in. I'd yeah. watch most of the pay-per-views and maybe occasionally, like, watch video highlights from Raw. But then after WrestleMania 31, the, I want to say, yeah. where Seth Rollins cashed in the main event, 
I became a hardcore again, and I started watching everything every single week. I'm so sorry uh, that happened to you. I know. It's fine. <laughs> but uh, I do remember as I was getting back in, a lot of people like feeling sad that Evan Bourne had left the company. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because that that's an interesting comparison. That seemed to be like a similar sort of situation where he felt yeah. like he was this incredibly skilled aerialist who was never going to get pushed because that's just not what Vince McMahon looks for from his top tier talent and of course he left and became PJ Black I think that's right yeah and yeah and and is you know doing pretty well for himself no wait hang on PJ Black is uh somebody else I can't remember is it Solomon Crow I I can't even remember it's it's going to be somewhat tricky but uh Justin if if we're looking at you know all the options for him. You want him to follow in Evan Bourne's footsteps? No, him? I'm just saying that, like, I remember when Neville came in, a lot of people pointing at him as, like, the new PJ Black. Yeah. And that he would probably be hit with those same constraints. And then a lot of people had optimism that, like, oh, look at his body. He's so chiseled. Like, Vince McMahon is for sure going to get on right. board with this guy. He is unbelievably jacked. Yeah. For someone his size, yeah. absolutely. Uh, but still, he did face the same constraints and ultimately, you know, looks like he's headed towards the same fate as someone who requests their release and would yeah. rather go hack it on the indies. And, like, uh, I, I think that there is probably a lot of demand for him, that he could go to New oh, Japan yeah. and be like an absolute dynamite star, that he could be wrestling guys like Will Ospreay or Zack oh, Sabre Jr. Boy, him and Ospreay and having be. incredible matches like I know that we're expecting to see Ricochet probably head to WWE pretty soon that here. That seems to be, yeah. But even that would be like a hell of an indie matchup as well. Let, let me say this. Please, God, Neville, don't join the Bullet Club. That That is the, the thing I do not want to see Neville do is just become, okay, he's he's one of the, the gaijins, the white guys, so we're going to put him in Bullet Club. Neville is too good to get lost in the Bullet Club shuffle right now. I think you need him on marquee indie events against some of the guys you named and more. The, although thrown out on Twitter today, Justin, was uh, Marty Skrull said, hey, d- at WWE Neville, I need a partner for the Super Juniors, re- referring to the Battle of the Super Juniors, the tournament that the New Japan puts on. I'm very into Marty Skrull and Neville teaming up for a tournament. How do you feel about that? Evan Bourne is Matt Seidel. Yes. And is. PJ Black is Justin Gabriel. Justin Gabriel. Ah, son so, of a yeah, two the similar. Bunny. But two similar guys who sure. got caught in those same trappings yeah. as well. Um, so, Marty Skrull and Neville, how do you feel about that? That would be rad. I yeah. mean, there's literally no one who's an indie star that I wouldn't want to see Neville That's wrestle such a again. good point. He's so amazing. Yeah. You know? Uh, but, you know, this is not the only dismissal or, or guy who walked away this week. Certainly not. We saw reports before we started recording today uh, that uh, Jimmy Jacobs Smackdown also writer. looks to be leaving uh, the company as well. And it's unclear at the moment whether he quit or uh, was fired, but there was a good deal of heat put on him uh, as a result of him posing for a photo with uh, the Bullet Club guys who invaded Raw in California a couple weeks That's ago. That's right. Uh, obviously, uh, Jimmy Jacobs, a former Ring of Honor guy yep. who would know a lot of those guys from his days as Old a wrestler friends. on the indies. You know, if your friends called you and said, hey, man, we're right outside your workplace, just come on out and say hi, I would do it. I have no sympathy for Jimmy Jacobs. 
None. None. But I think we do need to establish who he is just in case somebody hasn't sure. heard. He's most famous recently for the list of Jericho yeah. being, and that entire Chris Jericho, Kevin, Kevin Owens, Owens run. He was kind of heavily involved, the most actively involved writer on what was probably the best angle of the last year. Yeah, correct. So there is there is a lot of goodwill attached to his name right now. But I, I don't want to say ex- the company I work for on the show, because God forbid they ever hear this, but I work for a company as a sales rep, okay? Mm. I have to represent them. And with that comes that I cannot be seen praising competitors okay i can't have their product in my home this is contractual in my in my job agreement jimmy jacobs has to know that if the bullet club are coming to do an invasion angle on raw he should not go appear and give appear to be their ally i i guess if you work for coke you can't hold pepsi but to me like ring of honor is not pepsi to the wwe's coke but they were not there representing ring of honor they're like rc cola (laughs) <laughs> or you know, like something, something so low down the list. And um, hell, look now, who's rich? Look, Justin shit not RC Coca Cola. Coca Cola, like Pepsi, is the only one who ever acknowledges that Coca Cola exists. Right, and that's because they're in second and trying to establish that they're better. Right, when you're on top, you don't even need to acknowledge anything. You probably should ever, have to acknowledge them ever. But that doesn't mean that, like, if one, like, they bring more attention to it by putting heat on Jimmy for that than that tweet ever would get on its own. Let me ask you this: Do you think because, like, how many people who aren't like diehard Ring of Honor people actually follow Jimmy Jacobs on Twitter? Not many. Do you think he picks up any followers for being a writer at WWE? Probably not. Really, well, some maybe but some, but like, that's really. I get what you're it. saying. Do you think he put that out thinking there would be zero repercussion? Probably. Really? Yeah. I don't buy that. I don't... Th- I, see, I don't know why WWE is so fucking mad that the Bullet Club did this invasion angle anyways. Look, I understand they're there <laughs> with New Japan, but like, yeah. this, is, this is straight out of the Vince McMahon playbook. This is exactly what DX did to Nitro when Raw was trailing in the Monday Night Wars. This I'm, is classic Vince McMahon getting pissed off that someone did to him exactly what he spent his, you know, youth doing to other people. What's Confucius say? I like punching people. I don't like getting punched. I, guess I mean, so. that's that's the way the world but works. But like, is that really getting punched <laughs> to be featured in the background of a fucking web series? It's not like this was even New Japan television. Right. It was being the elite, which is like the nichest of niche. Like, I love those guys, and I don't even watch that shit because I just don't have time for it. I think that you you can't divorce it from the young bucks cease and desist, and really that the young yeah, bucks because are just, this, that their scene, entire gimmick is like shitting on WWE. That cease and desist was entirely retaliatory for that invasion angle, and even that is stupid to me. Because oh, again, stop. you think that's stupid? Yes. Yes, you already, they tried to <laughs> trademark, doing the they tried right to trademark this hand signal and it got thrown out of court because the judge was like, you cannot trademark a hand but signal. But that's a no with the too sweet is from what I understand. Nobody ever called it too sweet before the Bucks anyways. What? What are you talking about? The click did all the time. Really? Yeah. Back in the day, they yeah, said yeah. too sweet yeah. exactly like too that. Too sweet me. All right. Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, maybe, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the click. But... It is definitely the click thing. All right. Well, regardless, like, where did the click get all of the NWO stuff, anyways, in the first place? It all was stolen from Japan. Well, the invasion is, but the actual NWO is pretty original. I guess. People but like people say that Bischoff stole the the NWO. It's like he copied Jap. He got the idea for an invasion angle, which you can talk about how much of a rip off that is. I think there's discussion there. But do you think it's Jimmy a J- cyclical cycle of Japan stealing back from what of was course. stolen from it? I think there's something to that, Justin. Oh, oh, we have 15 seconds. 
Well, are you going to miss Jimmy Jacobs? Yeah, I will. I yeah. think that, like, you know, as a writer, he's probably responsible for more of what we've liked lately than we probably are even aware of. The hell do we talk about that round? That went quick. Yeah, I know. Neville and... and- bunch of different guys we're all gonna miss them and you know what i didn't even get to debut my new segment which maybe just wanted to debut right it right now before we get to listener questions justin can you explain that you also got a cease and desist of I your did, own this yeah, week just like the young bucks <laughs> i also just like got somebody stepping in to tell me that i can't do my thing anymore either uh and of course if you listen last week i debuted a new segment called come on man come on man and I was told uh, after the fact that actually uh, the, that is already a segment on <laughs> a weekly television program called Monday Night Football, <laughs> which I was not aware of. So I got a C and D from ESPN yeah, yeah, asking yeah. me. But you probably think you didn't deserve to stop that. doing it. I, look, look. No, I didn't deserve that you at just all. Just take come other on. people's stuff. Nobody called it "Come on, man!" before I did. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of starting a show called Sports Center myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. It's gonna be about like I'm gonna sit around and bullshit yeah. with sports. Yeah, it's centered on sports. Exactly. You exactly. got adjusted. Yeah, I mean that was the original tentative working title for this podcast. <laughs> but no before, actual sports. Before we got a C and D on that front too. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I know. Uh, ridiculous. <laughs> but bullshit. yeah, ESPN stepped in. They said we already have a segment called "Come on, man." Yeah. You cannot be doing this so what's week the new after segment? week. And I was like, hey, that's cruel and unusual, <laughs> stepping in here and telling me what I can and can't do. So I bet you went with something really different. I did. I, I went back to the drawing board. I was like, look, I need a brand new segment <laughs> that nobody could possibly construe as having been stolen from or having anything to do with my previous segment. Okay. Come on, So this man. just ESPN for you listening, yeah. this is – Completely different yeah. than Come On, Man. Yeah, so I would like to debut my new segment. I'm excited. Called, Hey Guy, What's That All About? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hang on. No, it's fine. It's not Come On, Man. No. It's Hey Guy, What's That All About? With Justin Morris? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm excited, Justin. I'm the theme excited. song for Come On, Man last week. Well, I made up a theme. Yeah, you you, need you to make do one. it again? Okay, what's it called? It's called, Hey Guy, What's That All About? Do you want me to do the music in the background? I got it, I got it. You're going to be mad, but no need to pout, because Justin's here to say, hey man. What's that all about? (laughs) With Justin Morris set. Except you said, hey man, and it's, hey guy. Big oh difference. Oh, my God. We can't oh. say man anymore. Yeah, that was part of the right. C&D. You're right. That's the C&D. Yeah. Son of a... Well, listen. Just count that as the theme, will you? Okay, I What'd will. you think of the theme? It was a great theme. Thanks, buddy. Okay. But, uh, of course, last week on the segment that we're not even allowed to talk about Don't anymore, say it. It was bad. Don't say that. It was a segment that existed don't, don't, last don't say week. It. And... I can the, see him upset. The subject like, of the segment was a little uh, guy we like to call the chairman himself, Vincent K. McMahon. Dirty Mac. Uh... I should have just changed it to Hey McMahon. Oh, are you giving <laughs> or, it to him or again? Come, come on, McMahon. That should have been the new segment. But no, yes, the, the inaugural recipient of this oh. week's Hey Guy, what's that all about? What's that all about? It's Vincent Kennedy McMahon, who does not see <laughs> both the potential in Neville and also <laughs> is super mad about the Bullet Club invasion <laughs> angle, which is barely even an angle. It was for a fucking web series. And now he's fired. He's either aggravated the writer to the point of quitting, or he fired him over it. 
and aggravated Neville to the point of walking out. <laughs> so if you can't recognize the talent that's sitting in front of you, these masterful talents that you're just going to let walk right out the door, hey, we'll throw Austin Aries in there too, another guy who went fully underappreciated. Have you considered that like it's so similar to last week <laughs> that you even did it to the same guy? <laughs> that, there's only one thing that I can say to you right now, Vincent K. McMahon. Tell him, J-Mo. And that's, hey, guy. What's that all about? <laughs> what is this segment? That's it. That's the segment. It's over. Justin, I think I think I like it. Yeah. I think are you going to bring it back next week? That's the people segment. It's the Whoa, new hey. people segment. Whoa. Actually, it's the corporate segment. It's definitely the corporate <laughs> segment. Justin, you want to, uh, you know, uh, pull a hamstring segueing into some listener questions? Sure, yeah. Speaking of uh, things that were sent to us, not just cease and desist letters, but questions from the listeners as this well. This is why you're not only the ladies' man, the wrestling pariah, you are the Segway Don. I am. Justin, our first question this week comes to us from at Rob Rousseau on Twitter, whose Halloween Eyes name is Rob Boosa. <laughs> Spooky. I love the Halloween Eyes names. Uh, hey, Rob, and he asks, is the Zayn Owens reunion low-key more significant slash impactful than the Shield reunion? Ooh. So I think I think the, the wording is very important in this question. Significant and impactful, Justin. What, what do you think about that? I do think that the answer is probably yes, because in terms of like overarching stories that will carry through into next year, I think this is going to have more longevity and more... Uh, yeah, impact on on the progression of a lot of different storylines because I don't see this Shield reunion lasting a whole heck of a long time. Mm. It seems like it's it's here to like ride us through to the Rumble, maybe. Sure. I don't see it lasting like much longer than that. It's interesting for me because I, I don't think it's more significant. I think the Shield getting back together after all their ups and downs is more significant. But if it's more impactful, I think there's a real discussion to be had there. I really do. Because like you say, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens could really run rough shop on uh, the SmackDown Live roster. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be a longer running pr- program. I I haven't loved this Shield. I, I, I like it, obviously, the music and seeing them together is a trip. But it does feel like Roman and the two other guys so far. It really does to me. So I, I'm going to say no to significant. Because I didn't think there was a whole lot that they could do, frankly, that is more significant than the Shield getting back together but other than like cm punk coming back yeah maybe that yeah uh, there is a part b to this question and it comes from uh our arch nemesis john cullen at cullen the comic on twitter a great i man. heard that uh, he's the one who reported me to espn the son of a bitch a can we say we're surprised no can we say we're surprised no. i'm not ready to say you i'm know, surprised you know what when i heard that he might be the one responsible for it I thought to myself, hey, don't, guy, don't. what's that all about? <laughs> Come on, Justin. Come on, man. You're not oh, going to have to say that. that. Yeah, you're I'll bleep that, that too. Uh, uh, Justin, uh, John adds on to that question. Part B of this question, is Sami Zayn not a jobber anymore now? Finally? I know you guys love him, but he's just a job daddy. I do love him calling him a job daddy. He's not a jobber. And honestly, when I said that, I told John what happened yeah. during the, the, the show. Yeah. And that it was a great show. John, your co-host on Real Good yeah, Show. Yeah, because I, of course, saw him on Sunday night. Uh, 
for Thanksgiving dinner, I said that Sami Zayn turned heel and is going to be a top uh, contender now on the on the A program, the B show. Yep. The blue show. Sorry. The B stands for blue. It's, <laughs> the it a is pro- the A show. The A show. It is the, the B A program. show, but, but the, B, the B, B stands for blue. Because <laughs> it's the blue program. <laughs> this is going off the radar. <laughs> I'm going to get us. I told him what happened, and he was like, ah, who fucking cares? Sami Zayn's a jobber. And I was like, mm. who cares about Sami Zayn? Yeah. Who cares yeah. about Sami Zayn? Yeah. Hey, guy. What's that all oh about? My God, <laughs> it won't die. I thought you said the segment was over. People love the segment. It has to keep coming back. No one knows it happened. <laughs> There's no response. I tweeted about it. It's, got, it's huge on Twitter already. You know what? Even though our Prince listeners Post way tweeted. prefer you, I'm going to put up a poll about this bullshit versus Drummer Slab. Yeah. We're going to see what the people all are. Right. We're going to find out. All right. Well, I just think, yeah, Sami Zayn is obviously no longer a jobber. He never should have been a jobber I don't think he really place. was. He was beating Canals. He had the eight in English pins, which were weird, but he was beating Canals. And every time he lost when he was on Raw, there was like an injury angle to explain Yeah, or it was why. Braun. And ultimately he got to... He still like visually beat Braun. Yeah. Lost due to 10-minute time limit. The time limit, yeah. And he beat Kevin Owens. He won that feud. Uh, He's been... It's not like he's been like... Horribly it's mistreated. It's been inconsistent. It's just yeah, yeah inconsistent treatment. Uh, but if he was a job daddy, as you put it, I would say yes. Now he, he is no, no longer is. is. But I just want to say, with the reformation of the Shield and Sammy and Owens getting back together, maybe this is not such a bad year for friendship in the WWE after all. Hey, I like that you turned it around there, Justin. Do you want to read the uh, next question here to me? I sure do. Comes to us from uh, Michael J. Foist. Hey, Michael. Last. He says, what is the weirdest thing you've ever liked or disliked a wrestler for? It's so weird because I loved Chris Hero, but Cassius Ono's basketball jerseys pissed me off. I find it like harder to get into him because of his gear. I don't get it. How does it play into the gimmick? Does he love basketball? Uh, he just looks dumpy. Yeah, it's, that that's, would be one I think of the, the weirder. Trunks don't help him either because Certainly with not. The, with the basketball jersey, it like looks like he's wearing a diaper underneath yeah, it's, it's or something. Yeah, it's very bad. Anything come to mind for you? Weirdest mm, reason? I'm trying to think like back in the day to guys that I actively disliked yeah. way back when. Um, I I hated Shawn Michaels, but I don't know if it's weird. But whatever the the cool factor that people associate with him, I always thought he seemed just cocky and arrogant. I don't yeah. know if that's weird. I never really liked Shawn Michaels either, but also he was injured when I started to get into it, so okay. I kind of missed like the bulk of his big run. Uh, I don't know what did I hate people for. It's uh, most of my memories from back then are all positive really but that's good who have i irrationally hated since well it's weird that you hate uh, hulk hogan just because he's a terrible racist and like an awful person yeah. that's kind of weird i know i know that it's is awfully a little strange. left field i don't know i hated seamus when i first started watching again because he felt like pale Irish Cena. Well, he was at that time. And that's time. not his fault. Right. But even like someone who was not subjected to Cena, because I was literally just becoming a fan again. Yeah. I was like, man, this fucking guy sucks. And it's just because he won. Yeah. That is kind of a weird reason. Because yeah. it's weird because when it's a guy you like, that seems like the of best course, thing. Right? Of course. Of course. Winning is good when it's someone you enjoy. I feel like there's a good answer for this question that I'm just not thinking of right now. So I may, I reserve the right to later Probably in the week Dolph tweet Ziggler. out. I hate him for totally non-weird reasons. No. I hate him because he sucks. No, I don't think so. Justin, we have a special question this oh, week. Oh, what? My mother texted me a question. Okay. And like Noam Dar, I'm just going to read this one verbatim. I have a question for your podcast. Sure. Do you and Justin prefer wrestling now or in the old days with guys like Rodney Piper 
Andrea the Giant. Andrea the Giant. Yeah. Um, I think she means Andre. Yeah. So what, Rodney the, Piper, of course, <laughs> that's spot on. I think on, she knows because I asked her this weekend what wrestler she knew, and she knew Roddy Piper, so she knows his name. It's an autocorrect. Okay, thing. okay. Um, so do do we prefer it back in the old days, maybe even the Attitude Era? Or do you prefer it now? I mean, you go back and you watch some of those Raws from back in the day, and that seems like to be the point of the network is to just like relive all Celebrate. of your nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, and the wrestling is not very good, no. as we've discovered. No. As you uh, <laughs> challenged our entire friend group to defend why we like D'Lo Brown. I did. Uh, we pointed to matches that we went back and watched and do not stack up. I think I was proven pretty by correct. a modern standard. Because you all said him at X-Pac, yeah. and then we watched it. It was By today's standards, it would have been completely unremarkable. Yeah, which shows how far the craft of wrestling has come. Yes. Uh, so... I do kind of miss the larger-than-life personalities from back in the day, which doesn't seem to really exist anymore. Maybe that's just because I'm not a child, though, also. Yeah. Like, yeah. maybe if I was a kid and I saw, like, John Cena and Roman Reigns, they would appear to be this, like, m- these mythic figures. Yeah, it's, it's remember, so tough like, to know, Austin right? Austin and Rock being back in the day. I don't think so, but how could we know, right? Yeah. I mean, I kind of did feel like that about Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. When I was like 27. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, not like it can't be done nowadays. Yeah. Uh, Mom, Nancy Custodio. Um, Sorry I said all those terrible things about you earlier. Yeah, that's – he has to – I mean, <laughs> it does I, – I, I wouldn't expect any chocolates at Christmas is all I'm saying. Look, I was forced into it. <laughs> we do need the money. Yeah. Um, Mom, I uh, – I prefer it now. Now, I, I'm not saying specifically the, the WWE product, but wrestling in totality gives me so much joy in my life mm-hmm. from from uh, watching, you know, you know the Cavalcada bullshit that I watch and the Tournament Twitter and uh, all these sorts of things. I get more enjoyment out of wrestling now than before. In terms of the WWE product, I still think I do prefer now for the reasons that you sort of said. When I go back and watch the stuff that I watched as a kid – it's not as good as I remember yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like the like soap opera storylines were better back in the day, but the wrestling was shit. The and wrestling honestly, was shit. That is a trade-off I'm willing to make. I'll get, I'll take weaker storylines today for better wrestling in general. Yeah, I think I think that's mostly true. This one comes to us from that Mike Paris. Which one? That one. Got him. He says, "Where does New Day Usos and KO Shane rank for you in the history of Hell in a Cell matches?" Gosh. Pretty high, probably. Uh, way up there for, for me. Both of them. Helen Cells, weirdly enough, have obviously iconic moments. You think of Foley and Undertaker, but there aren't a ton of like outstanding Helen Cell matches. Yeah, I'm trying to think of past Helen Cell pay per views well, when Sean it's been ta- when it's when it's been its own pay per view. Oh, so not at Mania because Sean and Taker seems to be the yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking back to like our Bray oh, sorry, and Triple Roman. H and Taker, sorry, Bray and Roman Cell matches and like yeah, I like uh, that. I think Rusev and Roman had one last year, and yeah. I can't even remember what the main event of of Hell in a Cell was last year. It was the women, Charlotte and Sasha. Oh, right, right, right. And that was great, and actually. And KO and Rollins were on it, too, Yeah, their, their um, cage match. I, I'll tell you, I, I'd have to think about this harder and like look at a list, but I, I got to think the New Day Usos one is way up there for me. I think Triple H Taker is probably still number one, even though I haven't watched it. Yeah, in a and while. like the Foley... I feel like any Foley cell match, including the one against Triple H, always memorable, has to be put pretty high there. But like way any, up there, any non 
Mick Foley cell match, I would say probably Uday and, Uday Uday. and Nusos. <laughs> I'm very into the Uday. Myself. Yeah, I love the Uday. The Nusos, I'm not so nah, sold on. I liked what they were all. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Got him. New Day Usos is probably right behind any Foley uh, cell match yeah. for me. And honestly, like I said, uh, I, I loved the, the Kevin Owens and Shane one too. And like, yeah. it felt so dangerous the entire time that kevin was on top of that cell i was like having a minor panic attack thinking that he was gonna fall right off the top of it crazy uh which ultimately didn't happen but uh like the entire time that he was up there buddy how are you gonna get down your heart's just beating for him our next question justin comes from good brother doug gorman at lorenzo meow on twitter and he says uh no question just a photo and uh it's a photo of stephanie mcmahon Renee Young and Bray Wyatt sticking his ass out. And, yeah, they're all just doing kind of like a cute girl pose yeah. on either side of Renee. That's, so, uh, good question, That's a great photo. Yeah, good, no, great. You know what? That's why, like, I'm sure as much as fans are like, God, I fucking hate Bray. I'm so sick of this guy. I bet he is, like, so popular backstage. Why's that? Uh, just because he's probably super fun to hang out with. Yeah, he does seem like a fun guy. I mean, you know JoJo loved him. Uh... <laughs> But did his wife. Uh, This one also comes to us from that Mike Paris again, who asks, how do you think the WWE would respond if women came forward with truth against Vince, a la Harvey Weinstein? Uh, I don't... don't, Good question. Yeah. It's just like it would have to be... uh, I mean, he's on camera groping female employees. Yeah, but I mean... (laughs) That that's kind of part of an angle. He's that's kissing them all the time too. I would hope. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. You would you would think it would be female wrestlers, yeah, more so than like so. staff members or whatever. But I just I feel like his life is so insulated that I don't know how often he would even get the opportunity to partake in that kind of mischief. You don't think so, right? Because like. This is a guy who seemingly like eat, sleep, breathes wrestling yeah. and fitness. It does, and it's just way. like constantly focused on work, and it's like probably never going to die because work will give him a purpose <laughs> forever. You know, like that's when people die is like when they are retired and they have nothing to keep them going forward. Yeah, Vince will always have this company, and it seems to be his primary focus forever. Now, because they are a publicly traded company, if this did happen, I think exactly what happened to Harvey Weinstein would probably happen, which Do you is think like the so? board would force Vince McMahon out. I uh, I could see that happening. Shareholders would revolt, and the and like the the actual corporate side. Um, like stocks wise would force Vince to resign. Uh, have you seen the documentary Nobody Speak, sort of about the Hulk Hogan Gawker trial? No, not yet. I really want to though. I know it's, it's on Netflix. It's very good. Is it? Yeah, it's yeah. worth watching. But I think it's interesting because um and why I think it's specific to WWE is who Terry Balea is and who Hulk Hogan is comes up a lot yeah. uh, in his legal case. And I think who Vince McMahon and Mr. McMahon are could uh, make this play out in a way that would be less good and more bad. And I could see WWE trying to get around it. That would be my guess. Tough question, though. Tough question. Uh, Just our next question comes from us in the Borgman Superfan at Blair Pachico. And uh, I clicked on his bonus question. So let's start there. If you guys were the Rockers, who is Marty and who is Sean? 
Uh, there's no way I'm Janetti. This worries me. One day Justin will super kick Josh in an ultra cut. No, if we were the Rockers, we I am Janetti. We would be uh, like parallel universe rockers who never break up. I like that. Yeah. I like. There's no question that I'm the Janetti of this podcast, though. Mm-hmm. You are. You know how to do a podcast. Yeah. That already makes you better than me at podcasting. I just don't want to be Shawn Michaels either, though, because like we said, neither of us likes Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I do love all the stories like indie wrestlers have about Marty Janetti, about like how all of them are. Ran into him at a bar. They're like, buy, and he's like, buy me a drink. I'll teach you something, kid. <laughs> and the match he had with Joey Janela at the beach party was great. Which, I, like, you'd think you'd be too old for that kind of like, thing. Like, who do you think's more fun to hang out with? Probably, I definitely Marty Janetti. Definitely Janetti. Right? Yeah. So I, I think I think in terms of podcasting skill, I'm the Janetti. Uh, but in terms of being cool to hang out with, we're, we're both. You're really cool. also the Janetti. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, that's just the Janetti on that level is. He's he's the Shawn Michaels of being cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to drink more. Uh, and uh, Blair, just to be clear, uh, I don't go name chain. I go to barbers. I uh, shave no. my own head. So neither of us are at an ultra cut. I have not been for a haircut in probably like seven years. That's amazing. Yeah. Look at that. Cut my own hair. Look at you. Uh, but his real question was, with TLC around the corner, what's your favorite TLC match? Or if you like the group song... <laughs> So I think Waterfalls is the only TLC song I know. So I guess that is my favorite. I mean, I kind of have to go back to uh, Scrubs, probably. And <laughs> is I, that another? I don't, I don't want no Scrubs because the Scrub is the oh, is that them? Get no love for me. Can't get no love. For um, me. but the, the the real correct answer here, I think, has to be the original SummerSlam 2000 three-way tag match. Yeah, sorry, what? With Edge and Christian yeah. and the Hardys and the Dudleys. Because, yeah. like, technically their WrestleMania match that year is kind of a TLC match. Yeah. But they don't call it that because that stipulation doesn't exist yet. They kind of introduce the elements for that in that match. Correct. And that WrestleMania match itself is spectacular as well. Yep. Probably the only good match at that entire WrestleMania, which is largely a dog shit pay-per-view. It is not a very good pay-per-view. Um, but if we... Try and think of some more recent I'm, ones. I'm going a little off board with this one. Maybe not my favorite TLC match because it probably is the one you were talking about. But the one that I've revisited the most or like comes up in conversation is the John Cena Ryback CM Punk triple threat with that where the Shield debut. That match is pretty great leading up to it, and then the Shield comes out. It feels like the converging of so many things that were good about wrestling at the time. Ryback, John Cena, CM Punk, and all three members of the Shield coexisting in one moment. It seems like a a real moment for WWE in terms of you could see where all those guys went on to go. That's the first one that came to mind for me. Uh, I'm trying to think back of like what the main events have been of TLC pay-per-views. Well, last year's Dean and uh, AJ Styles was Dynamite, where Dean hits the Mox Violence through that stack of chairs. I mean, that ended with, of course... Ellsworth. Uh, Ellsworth doing the push, which was not great. I still like that match a lot. Um, here, I've got a list right now. Oh, of, don't. Come of, on. Of all-time list. main events for these pay-per-views. Uh, before that one, in December of 2015, we had Sheamus versus Roman Reigns. When Sheamus was oh, champion. That's what, isn't that where Sheamus wins it? Uh, no, he's champ going in because he cashed in money in the bank at the end of Survivor Series. Uh, Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt was the uh, main event in 2014. And in 2013, the main event was a unifying title match between Randy Orton and oh, John yeah. Cena. That was right. actually a pretty good match. Was it? 
Um, yeah, we're with the handcuffs. I know the match. I just can't imagine ever be thinking one of their matches was great. Uh, when I think of the TLC pay-per-view, though, the match that really jumps out at me as being really good, and you might have a problem with me saying this. I do already. Is uh, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler versus Luke Harper. Oh, no, that's a good Not match. technically a TLC match. It was just, just a ladder ladders. match. Yeah. But when I think of the TLC pay-per-view, that's the only match that really jumps out at if me. If ladder matches are allowed, that discussion changes a lot for me. For sure, um, for sure. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, those would be some of the TLC matches. Yeah. Justin, we also got an email question this week for the we, first time. What? One we can answer pretty quickly. It's from Jeremy, the only person who ever emails us. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. And uh, Jeremy writes in, have either of you guys ever thought of getting involved in the pro wrestling business in any capacity? Yeah. Yeah. What have you thought of? I uh, I want to do play-by-play, so in that that's a capacity. Yeah. But I've also, I want to, like... Get involved in an angle in some way as well. Like if I were, you'd be so good. If I were to get involved in ECCW, I would like want to go all the way and not just be a play-by-play guy, but be someone who like comes off the table and is a character on the show as well. You'd be so good and, at that. And I, I don't want to necessarily wrestle matches, but I do want to take bumps, and I think I could do it, like in a kind of Heenan style way. It's amazing. Uh, so. I have thought about that before, and I would love to see that happen. Like, honestly, uh, I think Jeremy Baker is his name, the, the one of the DJs from Seafox. Yeah. He was involved Formerly in an of angle. Zone, yeah. He was involved in an angle uh, that took place at Ballroom Brawl like two years ago. Oh, shit, where that's Where he right. had an iPad smashed yeah, over yeah, yeah. his head, and I have like never been more professionally jealous of someone <laughs> in my life. Like even our our my friend Kevin Banner, comedian. Oh right, yeah, has yeah, been yeah. involved in some ECCW. The ladies' choice put him through well. a wall. Yeah, and he uh, got to hit the ladies' choice with a low blow to retaliate to right. pay off that angle. And and yeah, he's done some other stuff too. He's been involved with Doctor Luther. So right. I don't know. I just I've had the idea before that like I don't necessarily want to wrestle a match. But I could do some spots for sure because I've, awesome. I've taken some stage falls just as an actor before. So why you should have uh, you should have gone second then because not for me. Uh, I I would love to do commentary with you because I like hanging out with you and like talking about wrestling and I think I could be a decent commentator. But no, I, I love taking it in. I think I would be the worst professional wrestler on earth. I uh, yeah, I, I love watching it, but no, not especially. Maybe writing. Xavier asked. Uh, or sorry, Xavier Galaxy said, "Oh, maybe you should write me entrance music. Maybe something like that, making some entrance yeah. music." But uh, get involved in the musical element, that sort of thing. Yeah, but in terms of it's too uh, bad, Xavier's such a fucking asshole. Yeah, so I mean, probably I, shouldn't I write love music him. for that guy. He's, he's a great man. Uh, he's my number one heel, and <laughs> I challenge him to a TLC match. Uh, to be the best TLC match ever, that'll be the answer to the previous question. I like and it. That's where I'll take my bumps. So, I love it. X, you and me, let's do this thing. Cool. And it has been spoken, Justin. That's uh, we got through a bunch of questions there in good time. Good yeah. for us. Normally, you know, we can we can be a little. Uh, now, if somebody wanted to be like Jeremy and email in, how would they do that? You can do that at topmarkspod at gmail dot com. Okay, wonderful. If you wanted to email in, if that's you don't where you can find us on Twitter as well at topmarkspod. That's right. And of course, uh, if you don't want to do that, then hey, guy, what's that all about? What's that all about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's high time we get this thing all wrapped up in a neat little bow, though. What are you implying? I think we should wrap it up like it was uh, box-shaped like a cell oh, from we hell. Could, we could have got out on a high note. <laughs> uh, Justin, I love doing this show with you. I like doing it, too. I'm in a good mood. Yeah, uh, hopefully the people enjoy it. And if they do, then, you know, maybe tell some folks about yeah, it. Yeah, go tell some people. This is, this is the premier wrestling podcast out there. It is. It's yeah. so obvious to me. Yeah. We are hundred heirs who should be millionaires. Yeah, we don't call ourselves the top guys for nothing. We really, I mean, because at this we love point, the revival. Trust me, I, <laughs> I have to listen to this show every week to do the scoring, and I got to tell you, I, I'm just blown away week in and week out. I think, wow, this is a great show. You're sitting there, and you're thinking to yourself, wow, this is, uh, this is some real spicy content. Well, well, hot. Hot, spicy. Oh, great. sorry. Whoops. You did this last. No, time. no, no. I'll do it. I'll we'll mix it up. I'll, right. I'll cut that out. Yeah. You're sitting there. You're listening to the show. You're thinking, "Wow, this is some real hot content." I well, you know what, Justin? It's funny that you say that because actually, you're close. So what I'm sitting around listening, go, "Boy, this is some spicy content." That's a spicy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you know, and like, if you were to eat the podcast, oh <laughs> man, probably would taste great. Oh my goodness. Well, that's because it's. Curry Man! Titus Worldwide!